John Jennings is the city manager of Portland, Maine. And this past May, he found himself delivering the kind of news no city manager wants to deliver. I cannot stress enough the critical situation that we are in. The occasion was a city finance meeting. With Portland on lockdown, the city's revenue was in freefall. Portland was facing a budget crisis. Everything has to be on the table in terms of the type of cuts that we are anticipating. And those cuts could be severe. Say that based upon the numbers that we're giving you this evening, I think, you know, police department, fire department, trash pickup, the most basic of services is really where we may find ourselves at. Here's Portland's finance director on that same May call. And so to address the $36 million shortfall, that would be the equivalent of cutting the entire police and fire department budgets, which are about $18 million each. John and his finance director weren't actually saying Portland should cut its police and fire departments. But they wanted the council to understand the most apocalyptic budget scenario Portland could face. It all became very real. It's almost like an out-of-body experience in some ways. John is not the only city leader having an out-of-body experience right now. All across the country, the pandemic and years of accumulated debt are pushing cities to the brink. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Monday, July 20th. Coming up on the show, in the fourth and final episode of our debt series, how the pandemic wrecked cities' finances and how debt made a tough situation even tougher. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Depending where you grew up, you may never have heard of John Jennings' job. What exactly does a city manager do? Well, a city manager position in New England specifically, particularly in Portland, we have an elected mayor, but the mayor is really just the person who works with the city council on policy. The city manager position actually runs the day-to-day. Writing budgets, hiring people, dealing with citizen complaints, that's all John. And if you were a character on Parks and Rec, who would it be? Um, probably <laughs> Leslie, I would think. <laughs> I, I identify with her the most, actually. And I've heard that before you were a city manager, you were a coach for the Boston Celtics? I was. I started as a very young person uh, with the Celtics in 1986. We won the NBA championship my very first year. <laughs> when you're very young, like in my early 20s, you think that that's going to happen every year. They never looked back this year, Tommy. They were... Winning a championship didn't happen every year for the Celtics. And after John went into government, the wins were even harder to see. One of John's wins in his five years as city manager has been keeping Portland's debt in check. 
How much debt does the city have? And where did it come from? Unfortunately, one of the, the major drivers on our on the debt side is something called a pension bond obligation that the pensions like a lot of cities portland has a pension problem when a city offers its workers a pension it's making a promise to give them a certain amount of money after they retire to make sure they can keep that promise cities set aside money in a pension fund at least they're supposed to in practice there was definitely a lot of kicking the can down the road Heather Gillers covers city finance, and she says when cities write their budgets, pensions tend to get the short end of the stick. When cities went to balance the budget every year, if they were having a tough year and facing the possibility of cutting services, elected officials who don't like to take things away from people who have to vote them into office would say, how can we keep these services? Where else can we find room to balance the budget? And oftentimes, what they ended up deciding was to not make the full pension contribution. Some cities made up the shortfall with what Heather calls budget games. One time-honored move was for cities to take out a loan to cover their pension or bond obligations. Basically, paying off old debt with new debt. There's actually a nickname for that in public finance. It's called scoop and toss because you scoop up the debt payments that are coming due and then you toss them into the future where the person who's elected after you will have to worry about them. Scoop and toss. Yes. Unfortunately for John, Portland had been one of those cities scooping and tossing. The city leadership at the time thought it was really great to have 0% tax increases, which of course, that's a very popular position to have, but if you're not investing in your obligations, you're going to fall behind and you're going to fall behind fairly quickly. Portland fell so far behind on its pension payments that in 2001, the city took out a loan. It was paying for debt with more debt. And so we're still paying that off and we'll pay that off until 2026. I won't be with the city by that time, but I'm sure that they will have the possibility of a major party in 2026. Portland's not alone. Moody's looked at 25 major cities last year. It found that on average, debt and retirement payments amounted to around a quarter of their revenues. What's the risk for cities of carrying a lot of debt? The same as the risk to a young person or a family or a company, it starts to absorb the money that you could otherwise use to help your company or household thrive. And if you end up in a tough situation or you have an emergency, your hands are really tied in terms of how much you can cut your budget and how much you can allocate to responding to that crisis. And this year, a major crisis came to American cities. March is when we really started to um, have to deal with it. Actually, ironically, March 13th. Which was a Friday, as I recall. It was a Friday, in fact. Friday the 13th. A city employee was diagnosed with COVID-19. A week and a half later, John shut down Portland. The impact on the city's revenue was immediate. Portland makes money on a lot of things, from parking meters to excise taxes when people buy cars. It runs an airport and charges cruise ships to dock at its port. 
With no one flying, parking, or going on cruises, those revenue streams dried up. And similar things were happening in other cities. The League of Cities and the U.S. Conference of Mayors did a survey and found that almost 90% of cities are expecting some kind of revenue shortfall. COVID was shredding city budgets across America. It's just totally unparalleled in modern history, I think, as far as shock to city budgets, like just complete shock. A budget really is a plan. And if three-quarters of the way into the year, three-quarters of the way into your plan, you suddenly have to shrink your expenditures to fit a much smaller amount of revenues, that's a devastating hit. It's like not only is the budget not going to balance, but how do we even make it till next week? Cities like Portland were seeing a fraction of their usual revenue but they still needed to balance their budgets and pay their debts. The question was how. That's coming up. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Canva. It's time to ditch your old presentation programs at work and try Canva presentations instead. It'll help you create stunning slides in no time. No design experience needed. Just start with one of the designer-made templates or generate something in seconds with AI. Then polish it up and get ready to wow your audience. It's that easy. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Tap the banner to learn more. In May, Portland was over a month into its shutdown, and it wasn't clear yet just how big the city's revenue shortfall was going to be. But early data looked dire, and that left John with the problem of how to balance the city's budget. Here's Heather. John and his finance director realize they have to go to the city council and give them what is a huge wake-up call. This budget is not going to balance that we're in an emergency situation. You're going to have to make drastic cuts. You only have bad options. And here are the bad options that you have to pick from. This is how John ended up having that out-of-body experience on the May video call. City manager John Jennings and his finance director make this presentation where they lay out these three potential budget scenarios. The names of the budget scenarios are worst case, still terrible, and more realistic and scary. The worst case scenario for us would be COVID just continues in perpetuity and we lose $6 million per month. The finance director explained that to deal with a budget shortfall in Portland's worst case scenario, the city could raise property taxes by 40% or lay off about half of all city workers, 700 people. The second scenario, the still terrible scenario, wasn't much better. That would be in excess of 350 layoffs and cutting the entire police or fire department, putting that in perspective. To be clear, John didn't think either of these worst-case scenarios were likely. Portland wasn't actually considering those cuts. 
But even in the third scenario, the more realistic and scary one, the cuts were still brutal, as much as 200 layoffs. What was the mood like on the call? Uh, it was uh, somber. It, it is not easy to tell a governing body that if we don't do something uh, more drastic here, we're looking at a hole of between, anywhere between 8 and $10 million in a budget that we thought we were going to have a, probably have a surplus. But of all the possible cuts John and his budget director laid out, one option wasn't on the table. They never suggested Portland stop paying its roughly $45 million in debt payments. Basically, it's like a $45 million black box in the city budget. It's like a no-go zone because you cannot cut this. They can lay off firefighters or shut down a department, but what they can't do is say to their bondholders, like, uh, we're going to skip this this year. Sorry. That would qualify as default and get them into a whole world of hurt. This is what Heather means when she talks about how debt can limit cities' options in a crisis. I mean, that $45 million was manageable when... Portland was pulling in more than $200 million a year and getting all these revenues from these different areas. All of a sudden, you're looking at massive cuts. You don't even know how big. And you still have to pay that $45 million, And it just becomes a much, much bigger burden. And John's experience shouldering that burden is one reason he doesn't want Portland borrowing its way out of this crisis. Is there a possibility that you could take on more debt instead of making those kinds of cuts? Is that something you're looking at? No, I don't think it's fiscally responsible to do that at this time, particularly with the city already still dealing with debt from many, many years ago. And when I leave this job, the last thing I want is 20 years from now, someone complaining about me leaving them and saddling them with, uh, with a lot more debt. Is that because that's how you feel about your predecessors? <laughs> well, in, yes, in some ways. But I also understand that you inherit what had come before you. And so there's a lot of good things that came before me and, uh, and some bad things. A few months into the crisis, Portland's financial picture has become clearer. And John says it's not quite as dire as it looked like it could be back in May. Portland is looking at its best worst-case scenario. And that still means a lot of cuts. And they've already started. We've furloughed over 600 across the board uh, in the city, including myself. I mean, I'm furloughed a day every other week uh, to get to a savings. Do you not work on that day? Um, well, um, I'm, I'm supposed to not work. John's asked every city department to give him scenarios for 10% budget cuts. He's hoping he won't have to make them. And Heather says other mayors and city managers are making similar preparations. About a quarter are expecting to lay people off. About half are expecting to cut public safety spending, which is usually sort of the last thing cities want to cut. But for some cities, even deep cuts won't be enough. They're already loaded with debt. And the only way to make their payments and keep functioning may be to borrow even more. They really were not in great shape when COVID happened, and now they're at the end of the road. 
What would taking on more debt mean for those cities? So it means that their children or grandchildren will be paying for sort of everyday city functions that don't last beyond the end of budget year 2021. You could have residents 30 years from now paying off the cost of buying printer paper for City Hall. So you're weighing down the future of your city in order to get by, get through tomorrow, get through this month, get through this budget year. It's a short-term fix with really, really expensive long-term consequences. The debt cities already carry is limiting their options right now. But for places taking on new debt, the shadow of this crisis could be even longer. It's one reason Heather calls this moment a game-changer for cities. What do you mean by game-changer? Like, what will change? The ability of cities to thrive. I mean, the ability of cities to invest, to look into the future, to have money, to enhance their economies and draw people and draw companies. All of those things are a kind of luxury that when cities are in a severe austerity mode, they give up. And if cities are constantly in that mode, they're never going to be able to think about the future. That's all for today, Monday, July 20th. To hear all the episodes in our debt series, head to on.wsj.com slash debt. That's on.wsj.com slash debt. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.